Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Finals Countdown series brought to you by MedTalks where we are providing all of you wonderful medical students, in other words the future of the NHS, with short, succinct and super useful revision talks on common medical conditions across all specialties. In this episode we're still within the respiratory section and I'll be talking about lung cancer. I'm Sahil and I'm a junior doctor working in the East Midlands. So let's get straight into it. Lung cancer is the formation of a tumour within the lung, secondary to the abnormal and uncontrollable division of cancerous cells. It is the leading cause of death from cancer within the UK, and on average, over 40,000 cases are diagnosed each year in the UK. So lung cancer, or lung carcinoma, can be split into different types. The first type is small cell lung carcinoma, and this accounts for around 15% of cases. And these types are rapidly growing and highly malignant, they spread early and they're almost always inoperable at presentation. They can respond to chemo but generally have a poor prognosis. So small cell lung cancer is almost exclusively in smokers and it's commonly associated with paraneoplastic syndromes and I'll talk more about this shortly. The second type is non-small cell lung carcinoma and this accounts for 85% of cases. And this is split into firstly adenocarcinoma, which is the most common form of lung cancer, and it forms around 38% of the non-small cell ones. And it's a cancer of mucus secreting cells. And it appears more proportionally in non-smokers than squamous cell, which is the other type. But smoking and asbestos exposure are risk factors. And adenocarcinoma tends to occur in lung peripheries. And then there's a squamous cell lung cancer, which is, which usually occurs in the central areas of the lungs. And smoking is the most common cause. It tends to metastasize quite late. And the third type of non-small cell lung cancer is large cell. And large cell lung cancers, they metastasize early and they have less differentiated forms. So what are the risk factors for developing lung cancer? Well, a major risk factor is active or passive smoking, increasing age, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, a previous history of cancer, especially head and neck, and industrial diseases, so exposure to industrial agents such as asbestos, chromium, arsenic, iron oxides, and radiation. How might it present? Well, its presentation can be variable, so it can present with an ongoing chronic cough, weight loss, dyspnea, chest pain, hemoptysis, fever, clubbing, weakness, dysphagia or difficulty swallowing, hoarseness, wheezing or stridal. There may be features of metastatic disease such as bone tenderness, hepatomegaly, confusion and other neurological signs and also neuropathy. Lung cancer can lead to superior vena cava obstruction if the tumour is compressing the superior vena cava, which leads to engorgement of vessels in the neck and the face. It can lead to shortness of breath and a feeling of fullness in the head. And this is one of the acute oncolog oncological emergencies. If there is a pancos tumour, which is a tumour in the superior sulcus of the lungs, this can lead to compression of the brachial plexus, the cervical sympathetic trunk, which can lead to pain in the shoulder that may radiate to the arm and the hand, Horner's syndrome, which presents as meiosis, ptosis and anhydrosis, 
and possibly some atrophy of the muscles in the upper limb. I mentioned paraneoplastic syndromes, and this is the effects of tumours which are unrelated to mass effect, evasion or metastasis. So firstly, patients may get hypercalcemia from lung cancers if there are bony metastases, or if the tumour is secreting parathyroid hormone-related protein, and the features of hypercalcemia can be fondly remembered by bones, stones, moans and groans. And this leads, this refers to bone pain, abdominal pain, renal calculi, polyuria and signs of altered mental status. So hypercalcemia is common in lung carcinoma and it's seen in about 50% of patients with squamous cell and 20% of patients with adenocarcinoma. Small cell lung cancer carcinoma can lead to something called syndrome of inappropriate antidiuretic hormone or SIADH and this is seen in around 10% and these symptoms are those of hyponatremia and in, in extreme cases it can lead to cerebral edema. So if we're excreting too much ADH it means that we are our blood is becoming very dilute which causes the level of sodium to drop and leads to hyponatremia. Also lung cancers may rarely produce ectopic ACTH which leads to an increase in glucocorticoids and it can lead to Cushing syndrome. Small cell lung cancer can also lead to Lambert-Eaton syndrome, which is a syndrome caused by antibodies to voltage-gated calcium channels, and it's characterized by proximal and ocular muscle weakness. Patients who have chest x-ray findings suggestive of lung cancer or who are aged over 40 years and have unexplained hemoptysis should be referred urgently to a respiratory specialist to be seen within two weeks. And an urgent chest x-ray should be considered in those patients aged 40 or over with persistent or recurrent chest infections, clubbing, lymphadenopathy, chest signs indicative of blood cancer, thrombocytosis, smoking history and a cough, fatigue, shortness of breath, chest pain, weight loss and appetite loss. Investigations that we would do to look for evidence of a primary lung cancer, so this will involve imaging and tissue sampling. So first line will be a chest x-ray. Now in around 10% of patients which, who are subsequently diagnosed with lung cancer, the chest x-ray was reported as normal. So just be aware of that fact. But the signs that we would see, are, that we may see, are a peripheral circular opacity. So it looks white, grayish color. There may be some hyalur enlargement, a consolidation, or an exudative pleural effusion secondary to the cancer, or even bony secondary metastases. So look out for those as well. The imaging investigation of choice is a CT scan and a bronchoscopy should be performed because this will allow a biopsy to be taken to obtain a histological diagnosis. PET scanning is typically done in non-small cell lung cancer to establish the eligibility for curative treatment and it uses a, a fluoroscopy, so it uses 18 fluorodeoxygenase which is preferentially taken up by neoplastic tissue. Then once we've identified that there is a cancer, we need to perform the TNM staging, so the tumor node metastasis staging system. This will help guide the management as well as providing prognostic information. So tumor, so the size of the tumor will depend will determine the score. N for node, so the number of lymph nodes that are involved on, on which particular side of the body will determine that score. And three or M for metastasis. So M0 for no metastasis and then one for a metastasis. Now let's talk about the management. So the management is primarily guided by the type of cancer, its staging, and the patient's performance status.
First, lifestyle factors should be addressed, so all smokers should be encouraged to stop. And then there's a broad array of treatment options, but it's complex and it depends on multiple factors. So for non-small cell lung cancer, it can be surgical, and this is mainly utilised in stage 1 and 2 disease, typically in the form of a, a lobectomy. And lymph node sampling can be performed during the operation to, to, for prognostic information. On top of this, chemotherapy can be used in combination, so either before, so neoadjuvant chemotherapy, or after, so adjuvant chemotherapy. Or radiotherapy can may be offered as a palliative treatment to improve symptoms and survival. For so small cell lung cancers, surgical is only an option in early disease, and this is in around less than 5% of cases. Chemotherapy usually uses a platinum-based combination therapy, and then the other option is radiotherapy, which is mostly used for palliative relief. In terms of metastasis of lung cancer, it most typically metastasizes to the bone, which leads to an elevated alkaline phosphatase and bone pain, also to the brain, which can lead to some neurolog neurological signs, to the liver, which can cause hepatomegaly and deranged liver function tests, and to the adrenal glands, which, although it's a common site of metastasis, is often asymptomatic. And so that brings us to the end of this episode, where we've talked about lung cancer, we've talked about the different types, the risk factors, how it might present, some possible complications, and how we diagnose and treat it using either surgical techniques, chemo or radiotherapy. I hope you found this episode useful and I hope you've enjoyed it. Please remember to give us some feedback. We'd really appreciate if you could leave some comments on the iTunes podcast page and leave some ratings. Share these episodes with your friends and your peers who may also find them useful. And you can check out all of our other episodes on the podcast platforms. We have one more episode coming up in the respiratory section and that will be going over the respiratory examination. So some more OSCE talk for you all. Again, thanks so much for listening and see you in the next episode. Take care, all the best and goodbye.